Yeah, no, I really appreciate Ryan making us do this because of the underscoring, <laughs> yes. how like how much they just like copy and paste the script from each Christmas episode. I told you, I told you, you'd all thank me. It was for your own good. We've seen it all before, so let's reload on a very special episode. Shows that sucked and shows that flowed. Buckle up, buttercup, it's a bumpy road. Going deep inside the mainframe, secret code. Some of it shit stinks, some of it's gold. It's ABC, featuring the VIPs of SPT. Austin G and Dr. DB with our AT&C money. Weird TV is their specialty. We all four, just one, two, or three. Cause they're old and kind of busy. So go get ready and take a peek. So set your phasers to a download. A rarity that we have bestowed. Special moments no one would have shown. Open your body holes cause you're gonna get told. Grab yourself a drink and let's unload. In a very special episode. So, so. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas, everyone. Welcome to a very special episode, the podcast which reviews holiday episodes of Family Matters. Yes! Because Ryan was a good boy and focused on all of the right ings this year. I ate, I ate all my green beans. And everyone else's. Oh. Oh. I am your host, Austin Gorton. Joining me fresh from rooting around in a pile of garbage is... Carolyn Maine. <laughs> Scatting while ironing their underwear. Uh, I always go last, but I'll say Ryan Alexander Tanner. <laughs> give us a little scat. Give us a little scat, Ryan. Scooby Dooby Doo. But I'm doing that while I'm ironing your underwear, Austin. Fair enough. Fair enough. And finally, a lovable dog. <laughs> <laughs> David Bitsenhofer. I was just not going to be. I, one thing I won't be doing is ironing. And so, That's yeah, true. yeah, right. I'd rather dig in garbage. Speaking of the lovable dog, this is clearly like they just wrote out a, a list of things <laughs> people like. <laughs> people like dogs. Let's put that in this episode. People like, real, dog. people like when it's actually Santa. <laughs> <laughs> Who actually likes that? Spoiler. Who came up with this trope of homeless people being invited in on Christmas? <laughs> I would like to read a list of all the shows that have done that. Oh, yeah. Well, this week we are reviewing season six, episode 11 of Family Matters, Miracle on Elm Street, in which Rich- Richie brings home a homeless man who may or may not be Santa, and Urkel roots around through trash for Laura. Is that a Freddy Krueger nod, the Elm Street thing? That is what? a weird title. <laughs> so it's a it's it's obviously an allusion to Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. Yeah. But then it, it's also riffing, presumably on Nightmare on Elm Street. I guess my question <laughs> to Ryan, the Family yeah. Matters expert, is: Has it been previously established that their house is yeah. on Elm Street? I don't know. Okay. I mean, I would assume it must be because otherwise it could only be a Nightmare on Elm Street uh, reference, which makes no sense. <laughs> but if, like, it, if it is, I feel Elm like you're St- giving the show more credit than it deserves by saying it must have been established we, to have been on yeah. Elm Street. Are we sure that Carl Winslow wasn't one of the fat boys who sang about Freddy? 
Oh, he was. He was, right? He was one of those but, little fat um, boys. The fat boys. But it's not like they're like, oh, here's our house on Elm Street. It's not like it's uh, a thing on the show you hear a lot, as far as I know. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know what the what that's about. I think uh, Urkel is Freddy, that's all. That's fair. It does seem like a weird... Like, I get the Miracle on 34th Street illusion, but to throw in any street, Miracle on jones street or something like the elm street just has such connotations to yeah it, that it seems like that has to have been intentional well, unless it had been established somewhere it's already. it's the title nightmare on elm street but they just changed nightmare to miracle it's like the exact same word structure so. except there isn't anything like nightmarish about like it's an allusion to miracle on 34th street as is the plot it's about like proving the existence of santa there isn't anything like particularly homage to Nightmare on Elm Street built into the episode. There's nothing. No, I yeah. mean, I guess I would just assume that it's canon that they live on Elm Street. Even yeah. I guess I mean they could have just changed it to like Miracle on like 75th Street. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They wanted to make it Miracle on Fierce Street, but R. Stein, R. L. Stein wouldn't give him permission. It's true. <laughs> this is all R. L. Stein's doing. He's a he's a litigious bastard. <laughs> he is petty. <laughs> all right. So cold open. Carl is making Christmas cookies. <laughs> I fucking love this. <laughs> Why? Because he's just like, he's making it, and then he's like, ah, I'm a little cookie guy. I'm hungry. Can I eat you? No. He's like doing a bit yeah. with his cookie. Yeah, he's good. carrying out a whole conversation with the cookies that he plans to eat. And then, uh, and then Urkel comes in, and you guys, it's every fucking cold open of Family Matters ever. <laughs> Like it's well, it's, he doesn't have like an elaborate machine this time. That's either. true. No, it's true. No, he's not showing off like his like prestomatic cookie maker that like sprays dough all over the kitchen. Or anything. Well, let's just say he's gonna spray all over the kitchen. Well, he is. So he's like, yeah, Carl, I'm gonna help you bake some cookies. And Carl, because he remembers every previous episode of this show, mm-hmm. is like, get the fuck out, Urkel. Yeah. Uh, and Urkel insists on helping and. Yeah. Long story short, he tears open a bag of flour and blasts Carl in the face with white powder. Well, so Again. Urkel yeah. doesn't take la- no for an answer. No. Nope. <laughs> right. right, of course. And of then course. it's also a Christmas tradition that he Urkel dust is sprayed throughout the Winslow's yeah. house. <laughs> True. <laughs> they sure uh, love putting Carl in white face. No. Uh, <laughs> I um uh, I I wonder if when they wrote this show, like in general, because a lot of what happened, like if you think of it as a scripted show, mm-hmm. I, I wonder if they're like, all right, he's just going to need dough for a minute and we'll just <laughs> let Jaleel White do his thing. Or if there was like a, a performance coach who was like, now you got to make this stupid facial yeah. expression like, <laughs> how is that scripted i i wonder if they just sort of embraced his yeah you wonder what the script looks like if they're just like you know kind of like how in, they talk about in star trek scripts whenever the whenever they get to like the techno babble in the in the initial like shooting script they're just like insert techno babble here yeah and and then they kind of like write that as an addendum right before they start shooting the scene versus typing it out when the writer is sitting down to do it i wonder if they're just like insert jaleel white 
ad-libbing here and there's like go to town kid yeah i think they're just like urkel makes dough and they're just like all right he's gonna come up with something that's my guess he'll vamp for 90 seconds <laughs> yeah exactly urkel vamps for 90 seconds so long as carl <laughs> well, ends up with a load yeah well carl has to react too right like they're both yeah on yeah that well a lot of times what carl does is he becomes very rigid <laughs> like there's many in this case he just gets hit with the flower but, like, Spoiler. sometimes Urkel will, like, you know, like, keep painting him or, like, <laughs> like keep keep doing more stuff to him. Right. And Carl's, like, paralyzed with rage. <laughs> <laughs> and then I love how, like, the closing beat of this scene is Urkel, he, like, shushes Urkel out of the kitchen through the kitchen door. And then Carl shuts the kitchen door and like some garland that's hanging over the door just falls and h- hits Carl. Yep. Like someone said... All right, we got him dusted with flour, but I feel like this scene needs just a touch more destruction in it. Yeah, let's just drop these dr- yeah. decorations on it. I half wondered if that was accidental or not. Yeah, you maybe that it just fell off the set. They were like, "That's gold mm-hmm. print." <laughs> probably not. Uh, this is <laughs> yeah, also probably. so we're now in season six. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in our our little mini uh, retrospective here, this was the first episode that we've watched where I was like, okay, now Jaleel White is starting to look a little bit more thick mm-hmm. and a little less like a scrawny nerd kid mm-hmm. and more like an adult man trying to play a scrawny nerd kid. Yeah, yeah I mean, he's always really wiry, though. He's never, yeah. like, thick. Like, he's no, got just, muscles, though, you can tell. Yeah, yeah, relative to his previous appearances, yeah. this is where he's starting to seem a little bit leaner, like, sinewy and muscular and, and whatnot. Yeah. He looks yeah. big enough that you should be able to hurt his feelings, and he should be able to handle that and leave. <laughs> yeah, good point. But well, he doesn't. He'll never be big enough for that emotionally. <laughs> no, never know. Uh, so we get some opening credits. They're mostly the same from our previous two episodes, mm. though they they close with the family gathered yeah. around the piano singing a song. Mm. There's a certain wanna... family member missing from the credits. Oh yeah, Judy's oh, that's long true. Yeah, gone. Yeah, Judy's gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 I want to say too. And the cause... Aunt Rachel's not in the opening credits. Sorry, Allison. Oh, but, but she's yeah. around. Apparently. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I want to she's say, on she's on her way out the door apparently on the way up those stairs. <laughs> I want to say too because it's important to me. Uh, unfortunately, we were not able to do every Christmas family matters <laughs> yet. Um, so we skipped. I don't think there's this because we did season two and four. Is that yeah, right? Yeah. And then I think there's so. this, there's a season five where Urkel and Carl get stuck on a subway train for the whole episode, and we skipped that one. Okay. Which has okay. been, it's been hard, but we had to, we had to make some tough choices. Tightening the belt, yeah. 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 Hard is what I'd call it, yeah. Hard. It's been yeah, difficult, so yeah. I have, I'm going to be honest with you guys, as we've been going through I these Family Matters you. Christmases, <laughs> I've been watching more recreational Family Matters than I usually do. I definitely believe that you've already watched all the Christmas episodes, Ryan, and you're all caught up for this year. True or false? I've been savoring them, but I've just been watching other episodes. Like oh, you open them like an advent calendar piece by piece? <laughs> yep, yep. Delicious. I can only, only one a day. When you recreationally watch Family <laughs> Matters, is there anything else you're doing recreationally? <laughs> um, I'm usually eating... <laughs> Like meatballs. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Cool, cool. 
I want to say about the theme song, now that Ryan's making us all recreationally enjoy it so often, it's really starting to <laughs> stick to me, unfortunately. Right. The other day, even before I watched one today, I just like started mumbling it, and then I ended up singing the whole <laughs> thing more or less correctly. And I suppose I just want to point out the lyric, well, there must be some kind of clue inside these gentle walls. All I see yeah, is the tower of dreams. But yeah, it's, no. It's, it's, it's the classic. Out of every well, this wasn't the original theme song. Or... Oh, it wasn't? Well, no, okay. you were right, David. I if, remember that. If I recall, at least for the first season or the first couple of episodes, because I remember watching like the pilot episode on DGIF, I think they did It's a Wonderful World. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. We oh. talked about it. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. It's, uh, it's, I mean, it's a classic Miller Boyette theme song in that mm-hmm. it's, it's like, absolutely perfect for the show yet terribly generic and says nothing specific like, huh. it's just like here's some words about family and love and well, you're like yeah sure that's totally appropriate listen, Austin, when you watch this you do see real love bursting out of every scene <laughs> i know that's what urkel's machines always do <laughs> my love is um, bursting oh. weren't Weren't it's they like all... every every Miller Boyette theme song is both absolutely perfect for its show, but also completely applicable to any other Miller Boyette show. Weren't they all performed or at least written by the same person? Uh, written by, I believe, or at least the same well, like couple of people. Step by Step at least had the name of the show in the show. Song. That's true. That's true. But like step by step is a fairly generic title anyway. Yeah. Like, like family true. matters. But it's true. They're not like in the full house. Ooh, <laughs> the full house is really full. It's just like a song about yeah. completely other stuff. And yeah. like you could you could listen to this theme song and be like, oh, it's talking about the way that family matters, but it isn't like they say <laughs> the term family matters a lot or anything. Well, they're like all about how like things used to be better and they're more fucked up now because they're all really what they're doing is telling the audience like this is a wholesome family program about values Mm -hmm. which will trick you into believing and then it's a show about like selfish people (laughs) (laughs) and like sexual harassment yeah (laughs) not taking no for an answer the american dream nagging someone until they become your bride that's what always fucks with me about these shows because they're all like these smug morality like this real high-handed morality and then they're like about really troubling people like even the more watchable ones like step by steps like that it's like Mm -hmm. these people ruin every party they go to (laughs) the only other comment i had in these new opening credits is that in the in the close in the closing scene here when they're all gathered around the piano Eddie is rocking a really great vest over a tank top look yeah. vest so, top so mm-hmm. looks like he's just got like a tank top over his like bare chest and it's very 90s <laughs> but, and so uh, this directly ties into the opening of the episode too like these people this these people this family <laughs> this, by that i mean the characters on the show is all i mean the cast of the show are the people um are so wholesome it's it's like unrelatable they're right. like oh it's christmas so we better have a donation pile yeah. and we better go caroling and we have to go down to the hospital and rub people's feet with ointment and get straight a's and be on academic teams it's just like jesus christ 
Laura Winslow's always like, oh, I got to study for... It's just ridiculous. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. So, yeah, in the first scene, the Winslows are going through boxes and sorting the contents into trash or goodwill, <laughs> as we all do at the holidays, I'm I sure. I feel like everything they do on Family Matters, like, someone should just be pointing to it and be like, eh... <laughs> two boxes right next to each other trash and donation right in the center what's gonna happen it's almost i mean i don't think a comic mix-up is going to occur i mean come on guys no way it's no christmas way. so then richie comes in and he has a super long christmas list with like a hundred things on it and uh, but also some clothes, so yeah. he's being responsible. And at this point, I thought this was going to be an episode focused on teaching Richie the true meaning of Christmas. I didn't realize this arc was going to end in the next thirty seconds. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it does. He gets the true meaning in like two minutes. <laughs> well, it really, like I said, it's just like a mishmash of different <laughs> holiday ideas. Yeah. Like, there's very little story. There's what Ur- the Urkel's little mission he goes on, which is still pretty brief. It's like one scene. Yeah, it's. We'll get to that. It's, it's surprisingly brief. No, David Richie. Spoiler alert: He learns the true meaning of Christmas, which is Santa is. Re- and if you bitch about it, he'll bring you that toy you wanted all along. But he well, no. learned that in season four. I know. <laughs> I Richie know. didn't really believe it yet. Neither no, but Paul. he was like, so how old is he now? He's like eight and he was yeah. six, let's say, or five yeah. and seven, whatever. If you were five or six and it was proven to you that Santa was real and it was your whole family and they were all like, yes, we all now are sure that Santa is real. Like that would be all it took. I don't know, but now Carl, but Carl doesn't believe it anyway, and he has proof. I don't know. Yeah. Wait, it's should Carl had the, he had Santa's realness proven to him too. Yeah. And they all did. They, they all did. there. Yeah. Richie got his fuddy-duddy teddy bear His thing. Freddy uh, teddy. Like, and everyone's like, like, did you get it? Did you get it? And they're all like, oh, I guess maybe it was Santa. That's exactly the same. <laughs> but did, did Carl uh, acknowledge the existence of Santa like he does in this one? Well, they didn't completely. They just kind of They're real shrug, like, casual yeah. about it, right? Yeah, oh, well, like, yeah. They're like, yeah, I guess this just present came out of nowhere. And you're like, I don't. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the two choices were... Santa gave him the present, or some strange weirdo broke into our house and yeah. left the present. <laughs> left either one of those, uh, yeah, either one of those options deserved more scrutiny than any of the characters <laughs> gave it at the time. They're all just going to not believe until Santa until they each get the number one magic present from the past. I think that's yeah. I think that's what they're all angling for. Next episode, we'll see the next one. Giving further investigation into Santa seems to be a trend for the Winslows, as we'll see. Yeah. So, yeah, Richie wants a lot of shit for Christmas, and so then that prompts a lesson to him about, in Carl's words, Christmas is really all about the ings, giving, caring, sharing, and loving, and Richie's like, okay, cool, I'm gonna go donate some toys. Yeah. And that... Like he just like, cool. <laughs> he learned right. the true meaning of Christmas. He, yeah. the and the credits came, came on. And, uh, right? He's like somebody told me, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he decides Richie's going to donate some toys, and then that's when uh, Eddie, who's going through uh, a box of toys that or a box of of stuff that Laura had left out, finds this old doll inside Laura's mm. box and throws it in the trash. And you guys, I mean. 
they had those two boxes, like one was donations and one was trash, and it it maybe seemed like we should pay special attention to that, but thankfully when Eddie threw the doll in the trash, they dropped in some music to make sure yeah. that we really yeah. noticed he, that he, that doll... He really pointed out that there was a doll that he thought was too ragged to exist anymore. And frankly, I thought it was just like a cursed Judy Winslow that like... <laughs> <laughs> She's been turned into a doll. Turned and then into a doll, out. yeah. <laughs> oh shit! You know why not? That doll could have her soul. It's just another yeah. Stevel thing. Yeah, um, uh, I'll just I'll just get this done. This mandatory criticism, <laughs> which is that given how important this doll turns out <laughs> to be to Laura, <laughs> you think Eddie would have some knowledge that it exists? I know. <laughs> She's had it since she was six. She loves it more than anything. Her emotional wellness is completely dependent on this doll. A little yeah, you feel too, like Eddie would a little have too much, across. isn't it? All right. Oh, yeah, no, we'll get to that. Yeah. We'll get to that. Boy, I sure hope nothing bad happens to Laura's heirloom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, I'm sure that doll meant nothing, right? Right, right. Uh, next scene, Urkel walks into the kitchen as Eddie is wrapping up his present to give to his dad. Uh, which he which he says is ca- the cash that he owes him. I was l- looking at Eddie, and it occurred to me that at least in these '90s sitcoms, for some reason, the oldest sibling of the family always becomes the least interesting character. Hmm. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. I mean, well, s- like Theo and yeah, Theo's pretty interesting. I think he's yeah. not the oldest. Um. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. He's What's like in face? the middle. He's yeah. got four sisters mm-hmm. or something. But, um... Like, DJ is the least interesting, right? Uh-huh. Well, so the I, I believe the original character who went upstairs and never came back was the oldest brother on Happy Days. Uh, yeah. Yep. They had an older brother who just... Oh, that's right. That's yep. right. And then, like, JT and Step by Step, no one cares about anything. Oh, yeah. You shut your... Hold your tongue. <laughs> No, you're not wrong, David. You're not wrong. Anyway. And it's just, I want to say that again, like Eddie giving Carl cash, that's the exact same thing yeah. that happened yep. last time. Yeah. No, I really appreciate Ryan making us do this because it's just underscoring <laughs> yes. how, like, how much they just like copy and paste the script from each Christmas episode. It's crazy. I told you. I told you you'd all thank me. It was for your own good. <laughs> So then, uh, so Urkel, t- he's wrapping up his pre- his cash to Carl, and uh, Urkel says he doesn't know what to get Laura for Christmas. He goes through this whole thing, how, like, he needs to find the perfect gift that'll make her fall in love with him, which is a totally healthy thing. Yeah. 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 Eddie doesn't, like, refute that or anything, or say, like, lay off. No. Yeah, no, totally, totally not. Well, because I feel at one point in this episode, Urkel refers to Eddie as his, like, best bud Eddie, which is, I, I mean, I'm aware of that. Like, that's a thing. Urkel, or Eddie is his best friend, and Laura's his girlfriend, and they're both on the same terms, and kind of like, those things aren't necessarily true, but he blows them up or whatever. I feel like Eddie's just like, whatever. As long as he's more obsessed with my sister, he's less obsessed with me, and I'll take it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's using her as a meat shield, but that doesn't yeah, make him exactly. good. Like yeah. an emotion shield. Like, yeah, rape shield. So, yeah, so then Laura comes downstairs and she is looking for Emily, mm-hmm. um, a doll that matches the description of the doll that Eddie threw out in the previous scene that he apparently never heard of or knew existed before. 
I love uh, their spat about it. He's <laughs> like, I it was on the pile of shit to throw away, and she's like, it was near the pile of shit to throw away. <laughs> You're like, ah, like clearly Eddie shouldn't have done this, but it doesn't sound. It might have been an honest mistake. Well, she's like, well, you've ruined Christmas for yes. me. Yeah. So <laughs> this is, is this three for three that Laura, she usually says it to Urkel, but I'm starting to think that Laura's just real quick with the, <laughs> the you ruined Christmas or fuck off. Did, she, I think she gets real stressed around the holiday. <laughs> right? Like any, any tiny inconvenience is like, you ruined Christmas. You ruined Christmas. But she's like catatonic over this. <laughs> right? And I get right. it. It's probably special to her and it's probably sad. But at some point she's old enough that you feel like she should be able to be like, I just got to move out. You know? Yeah. It's you feel like she's of, old enough. She yeah. can process this grief yeah. for what it's it, part know. of growing up. Like Jesus yeah. Christ. Exactly. You know, I don't have my fucking childhood dog. Like, and I know it's like it's a Christmas episode and all that, but it's like you didn't. I mean, technically, he didn't just ruin her whole Christmas. He's ruined her whole life from this point forward yeah. because <laughs> he doesn't have this doll that she's dependent on. But uh, you needless to say, she's it's a bit of an overreaction. You know what Laura needs for Christmas? What uh, a safe. So everyone can stop <laughs> ruining her precious heirlooms <laughs> for one episode. She needs a strong box. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Q Steve blowing up a post office and finally getting arrested. True. Right. Can't wait. So in the next scene, uh the the three adults, Carl, Harriet, and Aunt Rachel, are uh drinking some eggnog, presumably toasting the fact that they're not in an Urkel storyline this holiday. Mm. And yeah. Richie comes walking into the house. With a strange man named Ben. <laughs> I had, well, I mean, we'll find out. So I guess all my criticisms about the portrayal of Ben is like this homeless guy who's just going to take a kid's word for it till he like invited into someone's house is negated because we learn who Ben really is. And it's even stupider. Or than do we? <laughs> uh, so, yes, Ben is a homeless man. I. Do you guys remember the, the the Saturday Night Live sketch with Tracy Morgan where he was Brian Fellows? I'm Brian Fellows. Yeah. I feel like Ben talks like that. He was well, I think Brian Fellows. Brian Fellows is based on this performance. <laughs> <laughs> you could very well be right, right? It's a weird performance. It's a very weird performance, especially right here. It gets a little less weird mm, later. I think his, but his cadence is really unusual yeah. throughout the whole thing. I think yeah. what he's going for is being jovial and jolly, so to speak. Uh-huh. Right. And when you don't realize he's Santa, it's weird, and he just doesn't quite pull it. Out. It's just spoiler. It's weird because he going doesn't want to go. Too obvious. He doesn't want to show up and be like, ho, ho, ho. But I th- I think that um, this guy went deep on this. I think he was like, Santa is sort of like an otherworldly character, mm-hmm. you know, like, and he would both be, uh, have like a lot of love to give, but also be really detached from people. He's like yeah. a supernatural being. Like, yeah. Right. All I have to say is for a homeless gentleman, he has a really nice dental hygiene program. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, like, well, like, like we said, any criticisms gets negated because he's not really yeah, a homeless we could, person. But. We could ding their depiction of yeah. the homeless, but he's not really homeless. Yeah. So, 
Uh, Richie, needlessly, uh, or, uh, regardless, he announces that Ben is uh, is a homeless man who is walking by the house, and that in honor of the n- important lesson about Christmas that he recently learned, Richie has invited Ben to live with them, which is, I mean, basically the same thing that Zach did, but without the creepy sexual overtones. Uh, yeah, he's, not even, he's not even getting his dick wet. Um, <laughs> do you want to talk about who plays Ben? Do you know who plays Ben, Ryan? Yes, it's Art Evans, who, uh, he's just done a million small roles like this, you know? He's just been on a million shows, basically. He's on Monk and 227 and, uh, Dream On. Uh, he just has a million zillion. Rock, he played a repairman on Rock. He's in CB4. Are are you suggesting that he goes to studio to studio through the chimney and just arrive yeah. there <laughs> yeah yeah uh, i know i recognized him as the uh, air traffic controller from die hard 2 oh, oh yeah yeah the guy man the guy who goes to the other terminal with Bruce Willis. and carl was in die hard, die hard one yeah the, i know right the, the family matters die hard connection wow mm-hmm. yeah family hard I can't wait till Jeremy Irons shows up in a later Family Matters episode. Die Matters. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty cool, actually. Yeah. 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 Uh, So, yeah. uh, Oh, I just want to say that I like the part where our homeless gentleman says that he's not homeless anymore because he lives in the Winslow's house. Yeah. Yeah. Weird when you don't realize where it's going because it's just like this guy gets an invitation from like a seven-year-old to come live at a house he's like yep i guess i'm living there now he's like so cheerful about it yeah and then they're like why don't you just go in the kitchen by yourself unsupervised (laughs) right yeah so the next scene ben is kind of socially awkward and they're like go make a sandwich while we talk to richie and i'm like so he's just gonna root around in your cupboards like he doesn't know where you keep the bread or the butter knives well they don't know this guy at all he could be like mentally ill you know he could right. shit in their sink right there, you know? that's bad that's not the worst thing he could do like i'm not saying they don't need to pull richie aside and be like we can't just invite random people into our house but maybe send one of the three adults into the kitchen with him i would love it if they come in the kitchen and he's like washing his balls and his arms <laughs> You know, he's like, oh yeah. Ho 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 ho. <laughs> Jingle fully. Uh, I think yeah, the Winslow is like really passive aggressive in this. Like they all give each other weird looks, like uh oh, homeless person in our spacious living room. But they I don't love... express anything besides like looks at each other for like forty minutes while he's washing his balls. I love Carl's icebreaker. <laughs> like so, Ben, you're homeless. <laughs> Not anymore, Mr. Winslow. I know, pretty good. So Carl Carl asks Richie what's going on, and Richie's like, Well, you told me to care about the Ings, and so here's a guy I'm caring about. And Carl's like, Look, we can help him out. We'll, you know, find him a shelter and help him get a lead on a job, but uh, we we can't just have this person randomly live with us. But then Ben sticks his head through the door. And he's like, oh, hey, maybe while I'm in here, I'll wax the floors. And they're like, well, I mean, having a live-in servant wouldn't be the worst (laughs) thing in the world. Well, I was like, when he first said it, I was thinking that was like an indication that they may want him out sooner than dinner. Yeah. Yeah. 
They but they really trust him to like wax the floors pretty decently and not just create a bigger mess. You know? And they yeah. want the floors waxed. Who's yeah, had that? Yes, Who wants a, that? Yeah. Well, it's a really good example of their valor too. They're like, okay, well, we better set him up with a career and yeah. get him all the housing and do all these things. Like, um, they're just like totally gonna save it, fix his yeah, life. And I'm like, for how many still. homeless people do they encounter? Do they do this for everyone? Well, that's I think only just this one, which is why yeah. I'm so willing. To. That's all you but, can do. I also think this is like in real life. If your like seven year old like brought a homeless man into your house, you would be like, "You cannot do this. It's not safe to do this. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Don't ever do it. I'm serious." <laughs> well, that's where it's like, and that's where you're like the kind of ho- person who would just walk into someone's house with the seven year old as if that's yep. a valid invitation into someone's house. Just makes him more creepy already. Right? right, and don't forget this is a miracle on Elm Street, so he mm. might be a fucking psycho. I did appreciate how this very special episode has the Winslows get their own slave. <laughs> yeah, Whoa. right? Ooh. I mean, that's what happens. They're basically, he's like, okay, wax the floor, and they're like, well, maybe we can't have a homeless man I'm not us. touching this one. I know, <laughs> it's ribald, but I mean, this is in the Christmas show uh, Pantheon, just like Zach Morris had his own homeless slave, like also, I feel people. I feel obligated. Did not have a homeless slave. He had a homeless sex servant. Though. No, but she had, a, <laughs> she had a dad who was their homeless. I was talking about the dad. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> oh boy, uh, I I feel like I would be remiss if I didn't point out that nine hundred two and also did an episode. <gasps> Where Brandon brought home a homeless person, yeah. but that was for Thanksgiving, not Christmas. Yeah, but that, isn't that where his, the mom thinks her he he stole her ring? I don't think so. I just remember like the dad gets all mad because the guy's a vet, and his dad didn't go to Vietnam and is somehow like offended that Brandon brought home a vet, a homeless vet on Thanksgiving or something. It's a weird. <laughs> It's a weird dynamic going on. I would like one where she thinks the her ring was stolen, but then it turns out the dad had taken it to get like refitted or resized as a gift of some sort. So I, I would like to oh, invite. Yeah. I'd like to invite our listeners on our Facebook page to uh, <laughs> throw any homeless adoption episodes <laughs> of holiday episodes yeah, yeah, exactly. of shows you could, or I yeah. guess even non-holiday. <laughs> we'll take a, yeah, I mean, we'll just let us know day. any show you can think of where they like bring a homeless person into their house. However, we'll, we'll never see yeah. again, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, one-time yeah. homeless person is yeah. important. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. No, David. The I, I don't remember the specific episode but that is an episode of 90210 i don't believe it's when brandon brings the homeless guy home but i do what you're describing is very familiar it'll come to me right after we're done recording (laughs) uh so let's see urkel is uh surprisingly low-key in this episode we haven't gotten a lot of urkel yet he is at the dump that's where he belongs right right he got thrown out with the trash he still believes that as long as he does nice things for Laura, he's deserved, like, her affection, which is not great. Well, he doesn't even do anything fucked up in this episode. I gotta say, like, um... Except for the fact that this is all predicated by his earlier statement about how he needs to find the perfect gift that will make her love him. Oh, that's true. Mm -hmm. Like, that was the setup to this whole thing. It's not just like, 
I really like Laura and I wanted to get her I want to get her a gift that will mean something. It's I want to get her a gift that will win her over to me. That is so That is so amazing that she will accept me as her one true love. Can't get him fruitcake like the mailman. So there's so like he does this like sweet gesture and you know kind of bends over backwards to to make it happen for her but there's like at the heart of this this ulterior motive of he's only doing it for his own selfish reason which is to get her to love him and i will say against urkel that i don't like how he exited this scene we'll get there so he's at the dump looking for Laura's doll. He meets an adorable dog. Yeah, for no reason, right? They just have a dog. No, it's just a dog because, like Ryan said, people like cute dogs. Let's throw it in this episode. I love this dog. He gets stuck by a needle. That was really yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's true, right? Yeah. yeah. I figured everything else after that was a hallucination anyway. <laughs> He's yeah. like rooted in the trash. Does. He gets pricked with a needle. Well, it's like the story of how he got hepatitis. Christmas <laughs> <laughs> miracle. And of course, Urkel can communicate with the dog. You presumably. guys, I or really love this is, dog. <laughs> I'm pretty yeah. sure the dog has a name I can communicate to, and I'm pretty sure the dog's name is Mr. Pooperton. Oh, Mr. Pooperton. <laughs> Mr. Pooperton. It's official. Yes, yeah. it's done. Hey, Carol, I yeah. would like to talk to you about this. I feel like you would understand. Sure, I'll try. Um, <laughs> not to exclude the other guys. You guys were all Screw pet owners. Them. So. Open it up to all, but I guess I targeted Carol because I feel like she'll be most receptive to this. But I have a friend who took her cats to the pet psychic. Oh, yeah. And they had some pretty cool information. I wonder if it's the pet psychic that I know. uh, It's possible. We'll confer later. Yeah, but you're supposed to, like, talk to your cat like they just know shit. Like, you're supposed to just tell them things directly that are going on. Yeah. helps them. And uh, when you're going to be gone for a certain amount of time, you're supposed to tell the cat, but they don't understand day and night, and you're supposed to say darks for night. (laughs) You have to be like, well, we've gone for six darks, which is like, I don't know why they know numbers, but they can't understand the (laughs) day and night. You sound like you're pedantically picking apart pet psychicry as if it's a sitcom. It's true. That's true. It's a bad habit. But I don't know. No, is. yeah. Um, uh, no, I've I have heard that as well. Christy worked with at a clinic where one of the doctors. Well, you probably remember David. Yeah. Was it one of the doctors was a pet psychic or knew oh. a pet? Psychic? No, she was a pet psychic. Yes. Okay. And theoretically communicated with Cloud once, but nice. yeah, and I think she communicated with Dooku at one point. Mm. I think that I feel like that's where I heard the whole like they don't know day and night, they know darks, but also Aramaic numbers somehow. <laughs> oh, so that's not even just this one pet psychic. That's like no, I, I've heard that before. The idea that like Whoa. animals oh. don't. They don't know day night, but they know like number of darks somehow. That's interesting. Wow. Yeah. She just said Cloud really liked me, and so I just wanted the ego boost. So I was like, yeah. <laughs> did you like? Did you bring it? Like, bring him every two weeks just so she could be like, he still really likes you. Yeah, he so. still thinks you're pretty cool, and I'm like, at least one something does on this earth. <laughs> <laughs> Some living creature. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah, for the listeners, I totally stand pet psychics. I'm sure there are some ripoff artists, but it can be a really good way, especially if you're having any kind of communication problems. Uh, tell your pets about darks, and you can just, like, kind of 
your pet is, you know, if you go for this at all, sorry if you don't, you'll hate this, but maybe your pet is just generally empathic to you anyways. And if you have yeah. something to say, like just kind of look at them mm. and think it. And then also have a moment where they look back at you and they can think you a thought. Maybe you'll get it, maybe you won't, maybe you'll kind of get it. It's better than nothing. Just try to communicate with your brain. Yeah, no, I, I definitely feel like, I mean... Whether you want to attribute it to psychic powers or and just a, in, <laughs> in, or, or or an increased uh, sensory input, like animals can just sense things on a level that we can't. Like mm-hmm. animals are definitely empathetic; they can tell when you're having a shitty day or a good day, and well, and they respond can, like, to that, and they can like smell your pheromones and hear your heartbeat and stuff. Mm-hmm. Too. Yeah, I mean, there's dogs yeah. that can tell that, like, can detect when your insulin levels are out of whack, yep, and totally. they're not. I don't think they're doing that through like magic powers. They're just that sensitive to body chemistry and well, stuff. Well, that's like a scientific that. fact. You have yeah. your yeah. theories, I might. Yeah, it's scientific, <laughs> but they're magical. I think that's. <laughs> there we go. Scient- scientifically yeah. magical. Yeah, exactly. So, so Steve introduces himself to Mister Pooperton Mr. as. <laughs> Uh, Stephen Q. Urkel. Ryan, do we ever find out what the Q stands for? Ooh, I don't think so. It stands for but... Queef, like Queefa. <laughs> Stephen Queef Urkel. That's cool. I'm into it. I feel like his parents, I feel like that's a middle name his, like, his layabout shiftless parents would have given it. Yeah. I have a question for everybody. I think it means he's actually just a being that can, that... <laughs> Is all powerful and can do whatever he wants. And you're saying he's part of the Q continuum. He's part of a continuum. Yeah. Okay. Mm. All right. Um, I have a question. Yeah. yeah. What is the point of this dog? He's beautiful. Right. You established we this at the very that, beginning. Yeah. People like dogs. They threw it in this episode. What do you want? But this is like, a rocket science. Dog. There's no. There's no narrative to it or anything. He yeah. has an art. What's the point of this episode, Ryan? Thank you. <laughs> what is the point of anything? But it's like, I can at least tell what they're trying to do. Like, they're trying to make us feel feelings about Christmas and to go like, oh, and to laugh and stuff. But <laughs> that's I know. They want us to go, oh, when the dog, like, lifts up his paw or, like, rubs his head. Or but whatever. it's literally just like, hey, look at this dog. <laughs> that's enough for me. I have a dog in my lap right now. Look at this dog. Why would you? He's sleeping. Uh, well, I have a question for you. Well, I a question for the group. Ooh. I'll put it out there. Okay. What was more jarring when Steve was pricked by a needle at the dumpster Ooh. or when he was looking at a porno magazine in the dumpster? The old yeah, crusty cum covered porno that he put right into his needle hole. Yeah, yeah, but then the dog, like, cock-blocked him, basically. Yeah, the dog yeah. took the porno and ate it. And I, for <laughs> one, thank that dog for its sacrifice. <laughs> um, I was more jarred by the crusty porno. Um, I just liked when he got hit by a needle. That was just good physical slapstick. Yeah. <laughs> that is interesting, like, how chaste the characters are on this show is also, like, a really uh, mm-hmm. over-the-top... Thing. I mean, yeah, uh, but they're getting down and dirty in the dump with needles and porn. Yeah, that's like, I mean, not chased at yeah. Well, it wasn't just like uh, he finds a magazine, but then like and is sort of like immediately repulsed by it, but then seems to get drawn in as he like unfolds the centerfold. And I was like, wow, this is strikingly yeah. sexual for this yeah, show. He like, pulled yeah. his pants down and kind of whipped it's it out, certain, oh, right? Yeah. Like just and then, acknowledging the existence of like pornographic yeah, material seems like. A, and then the dog bit his penis deal. off because he was hungry and he had a Christmas <laughs> meal. So 
I assume what happened was they're like, this is Family Matters. We need some Urkel. Like, you got your required Urkel time. You can't really uh-huh. skimp right. on the Urkel time. Uh-huh. And so then they decided to have this plot line with him finding the, spoiler alert, the doll for Laura at a dump. But then, like, what are you going to do with him in the dump for the allotted Urkel time you need? So they just came up with throwing a dog in there to spice they're up like, the scene. Yeah, because otherwise you... Otherwise, you've got a scene where he's just like talking out loud to himself yeah, and again, just like and digging so, through trash, and that's not going to get. Yeah, you. So I you mean, after he gets pricked with there. a needle, like what else do you got going for you? You know. Yeah. yeah, so you throw the dog in there to give him something to bounce against. Yeah. Gotcha. He tries to. He has the dog. If the dog is at home, and the dog says no, and Steve doesn't really fix that, and then he asks the dog if he's seen a weird old doll, and the dog finds a boot, which is so oh. close. See, this is why they do it, Ryan. We're eating it up. I um, love it. This dog's my favorite character in any Family Matters episode we've watched. Same. Uh, so, <laughs> is that a high bar? No, it's no. clearing a very low bar, but still. <laughs> oh, well, just to go at the end of the dump, the part that bothers me is Steven just leaves the dog there. He's as mean as Skeletor on Christmas. Meaner, because he doesn't he save does. the puppy from the snow. He, he does. The, he breaks the Spoiler. puppy. Spoiler. <laughs> You're trying to mislead the audience. <laughs> he doesn't show him bring the dog. You don't know. It ends on a mystery. Uh, we fight. don't know. He doesn't like leave. Fight. We don't see him leave either. Yeah, He's we kind just, of the, the scene out. ends with him like staring at that porno. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> the scene ends and you just hear this like flat, like flapping sound. You know? <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Jingle bell falling. Did I do that? <laughs> he doesn't say that in this episode, does he? No, he no. Really, there's no Urkel really catchphrases. Catch this this yeah. is actually a yeah. pretty Urkel light episode. Yeah, it re- surprisingly it Urkel light. Yeah, yeah. well, because we got to spend some more time back at the Winslow Estate, mm-hmm. where Ben, the homeless man, is doing some lighthouse work <laughs> for his his newfound masters, uh, which which he believes is ironing a tablecloth, but it's just Carl's tablecloth yeah. sized underwear. I laughed that's, that's at some that. cartoonish underwear, right? It's like, really big. There's no way that fits Carl. I want to see right. him in it for some More reason. More importantly, while he's ironing, he's doing a little Belding-esque scatting as he does so. Uh, to sort of talk about when he's shitting in the sink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Little Belding-esque scatting. <laughs> and uh, Carl comes in, tells him that he pulled some strings and got him into a halfway house. And, nice, and, uh, halfway. Uh, Carl's doing some work, apparently. Right, but uh, before he does that, he can stay and have a nice Christmas Eve dinner with the family. And Ben's like, "No, nah, I'm good. I've got a busy night ahead of me." And then he tells Carl about all these things that he has to do, but he doesn't like directly say why he's doing these things or fill in all of the details. So we know that it means he thinks he's Santa but makes Carl think that he's going to break into homes. Yeah. Because if he just spoke directly, then we wouldn't have sitcoms. And then Carl slams him on the ground and gives him a couple of whacks across the head and like Shoots handcuffs him. him. Shoots right. him. Well, there's a couple yeah. points in this scene where Carl, I thought he was going to shoot. <laughs> I thought Carl was going to shoot that cookie he was shit talking earlier, too. Because he's like, oh, I'm going to be busy tonight because I've got a... 
I can't disappoint the kids and I gotta go into a lot of homes. And Carl's like, whoa, whoa, breaking and entering isn't the answer. You don't have to suck dick anymore, Ben. You're like, okay, first of all, Carl, he thinks he's Santa. Second of all, Ben, make it a little bit more clear what you think. Well, don't say you need to make kids happy by going to their homes. Yeah, uh, it gets really weird. There's some stuff, Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it becomes it becomes clear that Ben believes that he is Santa Claus, and Carl says, "Well, if you're Santa Claus, then why were you parading around in front of my house pretending to be a homeless person?" Well, <laughs> Carl's really incredulous to this idea, even though, mm-hmm. as we talked about two seasons earlier, he's already been proven that Santa Claus exists. Yeah, my my exact words were: considering Carl received definitive proof Santa exists two Christmases ago, he's a much harder sell on this idea than he should <laughs> yeah, be. Exactly. Well, it's funny because he's like, "Hey, Carl, I didn't give you this space helmet when in the '50s or whatever," uh, which is impressive that he has that knowledge. Yeah. But he could have also been like, "Also, two seasons ago, I gave a fucking Freddy <laughs> Teddy to Richie. Remember that? That was me. I'm fucking Santa." I took Laura right. into an angel world. No, it was a different dimension. You wouldn't know, anyways. That was an angel, not yeah, Santa. Yeah, Santa helped. They're friends. That was a different supernatural being. Yeah. <laughs> but they know each other. There's what you think all supernatural beings know each other? I guess yeah, like, we're looking the same. Hashtag not all supernatural beings, Carol. <laughs> they hang out in Christmas heaven at the water coolers. They're like those winds. I still don't fucking get it. God damn. <laughs> I like the idea that all supernatural beings are simply focused on the Winslows. <laughs> in this world, I believe it. <laughs> Because well, I feel like, look, let me say, perhaps Urkel is some sort of like demon spawn. Definitely. Yeah. Foisted upon the Winslows, and so then all Thank these you. other supernatural beings are there to try to help them counteract. Yeah, but that them. angel did not help the situation at all. Yeah, that's true. That is a good point. Maybe also, he can we just devil. point out another aspect of the cut and paste Family Matters Christmas <laughs> is supernatural being is involved in directly with the plot. It's that true. works well, we... for holiday episodes, yeah. It's true. We skipped, the one we skipped, I think it's just all on a subway train. Mm. Yeah. We're the ghost of Christmas. There's no ghost. <laughs> They're on a subway train and both Carl and Steve are like, boy, I, I sure wish our buddy Santa would get us off this train. <laughs> oh, there you go. Uh, so yeah, he... He asks him why he's homeless, and Ben says that, uh, you know, in in uh, in light of the increasing commercialization of Christmas in this crazy, wackaday mm. modern world, I wanted to find uh, a family that still embodied the true meaning of Christmas, and that uh, Richie, by opening their home to him, uh, showed him that there's a family out there that still knows the true meaning of Christmas, which is all well and good, except for the fact that the only reason he's still there is because he's working for it. <laughs> well, and... I don't know. Santa being all like people need to understand the true meaning of Christmas seems hypocritical considering he's the biggest perpetuator of the non-true meaning of Christmas because he's yeah, the, the one always the guy giving who, gifts everywhere. Yeah, know? the guy who hands out the material goods <laughs> yeah, complaining exactly. about the commercialization yeah. of Christmas is a bit rich. Isn't he like from a Coca-Cola ad? <laughs> uh, I mean, yes. I, our, our modern interpretation yeah, of him. I mean, yeah. Ben, the I homeless do love, man, yes. I do love that uh, screeds against the commercialization of Christmas is one of those just, like, evergreen. Yeah. Thing. Like, you could do a sitcom in 2019 and talk about how, like, back in 1994, Christmas wasn't as commercial as it is yeah. now. And then here's an episode from 1994 that's like, Christmas these days is so commercial. And then you go back in the 70s and be like, wow, Christmas has gotten commercial. It used to not be so bad. And, <laughs> 
No matter what time it is, it, it's always worse now than it was Everyone's before. Everyone's always so. greedy and not understanding the true meaning of Christmas. Cut to commercial. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so the other part that I thought uh, was when Carl would shoot. Yes. <laughs> was when Carl says, don't worry, I'll be back while you're sleeping. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. That was so spooky. That's like the spookiest thing a Santa or homeless person or cop can say. I think yeah. if anyone said that to me. Shh. Right? Right. Don't and Carl worry, tells me. I'll be it, back when you're sleeping. Don't worry. <laughs> it's a really unsettling phrase. <laughs> so Carl tells him, don't worry, I'll be sure to to put the fire in the fireplace out yeah. then. Uh, and then. And then that's when Ben tells him, reveals the whole like... I'm sorry you're still mad about not getting this toy that you wanted that you wrote me a letter about in mm-hmm. 1958 or whatever. And Carl's like, how could he possibly know? Because he's fucking Santa, you moron. No, he's yeah. the same guy that brought your... Pre- your- or, or because Carl talks in his sleep, you know. <laughs> Santa's sure. just there watching. And then and then Santa said that he knows that the Winslows are actually a spinoff from Perfect Strangers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But Belky's not from the U.S., so he doesn't get Christmas presents. <laughs> they not do Christmas in... Uh, Meepos. In, uh, no, Meepos. It's, it's an American holiday, Austin. That's true. They probably That's do Gleepglort, but Meepiopian <laughs> Christmas <laughs> thing, and you get, like, a yak or whatever. Uh, so it's Christmas morning, and uh, the... the <laughs> <laughs> the scene like starts. They do an establishing shot of a roaring fire in the fireplace, which I just found funny considering <laughs> Carl's comment about how he would put the fire out at night. Which I mean, obviously he <laughs> could have, and then started another fire, but it was still a uh, unintentionally humorous transition. Carl still did sound like he was lying when he said it too, so he might try to burn that man up. I'm with you. Right, he's like, I don't want this guy coming in my house. I'm gonna <laughs> let a fire. Uh, Laura is still moping around about her stupid doll amidst yeah, the. She's like. I can't. She's like, I got that doll on Christmas, and now I can never enjoy right. another Christmas again. And she's do- and she's moping while amidst the refuse of an upper middle class Christmas. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> just surrounded by like torn paper and new presents, and she's just like, I don't have my stupid doll. Christmas sucks. And if she was like eight years old, I, I would it'd track for me. But she's like, what? She's 17, not. 16? She's- I don't know. Twenty-eight. Yeah. Old enough to get out of yeah, right. Get over right. it. So Grandma, Grandma Winslow in her one scene of the episode got some skis, and it's funny because she's an old lady. I think she's like yeah, she's like I'm still alive. <laughs> <laughs> I th- they haven't set me up those stairs yet, but I think they're trying to. I think they got. Why would you give a grandma skis so she could kill herself? <laughs> it's basically just the ice flow or the midsummer jump, but like right downhill right. slalom. It is one of the re- recurring bit. It's basically her whole character, really. So I'll always be like, oh, what are you going to do next week, Grand Winslow? And she's like, I'm going to win the surfing contest. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to fuck a like, hundred dudes in ten <laughs> minutes. I'm going to beat the record for most dicks <laughs> in the shortest amount of time. Um, or, you know, she's always like, oh, in my karate class or whatever. You know. Right. Like, here's a here's a thing that old people don't usually do, but I'm yeah, doing exactly, it. Exactly. Yeah. And it's funny. Mm-hmm. And now I will take my paycheck and go home. <laughs> and I think uh, there's even times where, like, she'll stop a criminal. She'll, like, hit the guy and flip him over and nice. stuff. You know? like, yeah. Right. Right. 
Uh, so then we get our uh, our first Waldo scene yeah. of our retrospective. Yes. 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 Miracle. Uh, so Waldo good. enters and gets the complete Urkel reaction from yeah. the audience. They all yeah. woo. Well, this is a very sitcom thing of like friends and neighbors just coming over on Christmas morning, and you're like, that doesn't happen. Like you're, you're what about their family? Yeah, exactly. David, you don't remember all those times in high school when I would just stop <laughs> yeah. by while you were opening presents with your family yeah, and exactly. be like, "Here's my up. present to you, David," and I just be like, "Oh, here's yours," and just like reach behind me. Yeah. <laughs> I love that how Waldo comes in and he's like, "Here's your present," and Eddie just reaches down. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're really good friends. But like, it's not—it's not like under the tree or upstairs. Yeah, it's, it's just not like, like oh, yeah, next to the chair that Eddie's standing in front of at that particular moment. <laughs> so good. And they're like the exact same sized box. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And so I thought they were going for a gag where like they both got each other the same present. No, right, but. No, the gag is that uh, Waldo gave Eddie the exact pajamas that he's wearing in that scene because he wanted to get him something that he knows Eddie would like. And Eddie's, like, upset about it, but I'm like, I don't know. You you might need new pajamas eventually. You know? right? I, yeah. I, I would be totally down to get that <laughs> yeah. present. Yeah. Oh, they're sharp-looking PJs. Yeah. So then Urkel shows up, and he has Laura's doll. And he look a mess. He been digging in the dump for 16 hours, getting stabbed by all the needles. He wasn't digging for those 16 hours. It was just him and that magazine. (laughs) For 12 hours. (laughs) Laura, I beat off at the dump for 12 hours. (laughs) I'm exhausted and dehydrated. And then I found I passed out and woke up next to your doll. (laughs) (laughs) That's why it's a lot stiffer now than it used to be. He spent 16 hours in the cold searching for it. Laura is genuinely touched and gives mm-hmm. him a hug. So I guess he, uh, yeah. uh, he accomplished his objective. But he didn't um, I, come back with the dog, as far as we know yet. So he's no hero to me. <laughs> yeah, put a pin in that. So then, uh, yeah, I, I, I thought it was notable that when Steve comes in, everyone's just like, oh, hey, Steve. Whereas in every other occasion when he comes in, it's like, oh, no, get the fuck yeah, out. Or- exactly. No, they're pretty used to it at this point. They're just like expecting him. I know. He's just over now all the time. Yeah. I want to say, too, because this is important. and We can't leave it out. Um, when Waldo. Oh, up, yeah. yeah. He's yeah, yeah. like, I got to get home before my dad lights the fireworks. Yeah. And that's kind of a staple of Waldo is he's sort of this like bizarro <laughs> character. Like he's really dumb. And uh, he's got a real casual air to him, and then it's like his family, they're always, like, doing things in... Well, yeah, he ways. says... They're kind of, like, tradition-shaming him, where, like, I don't know if his family wants to light off fireworks on Christmas. Let him light well, off yeah, fireworks on Christmas. And there's a whole gag where he's like, you know, what, you don't do fireworks on Christmas? That's like saying turkey is for Thanksgiving. Yep. <laughs> he's a it's, character. It, it is very <laughs> Kimmy Gibbler-esque in that, yeah. in that it's like, oh, look, they're kooky and different. Our bizarre behavior. Yeah. What's yeah. your life like, Waldo, from your backwards lands? Uh, so then in a in a rehash of, of two Christmases ago when Richie got a present that <laughs> nobody left for him, Carl has a present that, that uh, no one claims. And it's the it's the toy that he had wanted as a kid that he didn't get. 
And uh, when everyone goes around the room and is like, oh, thanks, Mom. Well, I didn't get it for you. And Rachel's like, I sure as hell didn't get it. Well, this and- toy's pretty wild, though, right? Did he put? Is this before he puts it on or after? Because it like, yeah, lights he- up and does sorts of weird crap. Yeah. I don't know. And it, it fits a grown man. Yeah, yeah my, my question was like, <laughs> yeah, why is the space helmet toy that Carl wanted as a kid an adult Reginald Val Johnson size? <laughs> I know, it's so good. I guess, I, gotta, yeah. I guess it's the magic of Christmas. You guys. Yeah, I like how Eddie's Yay. just like, that's a collector's item. And that's what I was thinking. I'm like, just sell that thing right now. Sell right? it on eBay. I bet it's got a weird smell in it. <laughs> Probably. I think, though, things you wanted as a kid that never got are good presents. Oh, yeah, totally. Absolutely. But you know what? They're a good present for, like, ten minutes because he's like, oh, I got the helmet. And then he's just going to, like, put it on a shelf and then he'll put it in the attic. And then. (laughs) Oh, I think he's going to use it tonight with the missus, right? Oh, yeah. Well, that'll decrease the value. You, you put it out on a shelf, and then your four-year-old wants to play with it. And... <laughs> that was my favorite of when I came to visit. It was when <laughs> the Austin's negotiation with his son about his son wanting to play with his uh, first edition uh, Soundwave <laughs> Transformer. <laughs> How'd Austin get out of it? That is the toy that taught me there was no Santa Claus. Oh. Damn. Well, yeah, maybe this year it'll be proven to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so when everyone else denies that uh, uh, they got the present for him, Carl thinks Ben and the audience breaks into applause yeah, for some like, reason. He's like, thank you, Ben. Thank you, ben. And then everyone claps. And I'm like, I, I think don't... it's just the end is why. No, there's still a little more. No, because oh, then afterwards right. the family's like, all right, let's get some breakfast. <laughs> like, yeah, well, no, not no, the it's... family. The women are yeah. like, all right, let's go cook some breakfast. Right, right. <laughs> That's really true. It's blatant. Let's feed Carl before he starts yeah, shooting around the living room. Like, None of them question him about it, or yeah, like, why yeah. are you thinking Ben? What's up with this Ben stuff? Or what? it's so like uh, hokey and theatrical. Yeah, too. exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I give it up to Reginald Vale Johnson for. I feel like he sells it as well as it can be sold. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> Makes you wonder. Like, did he tell Harriet? Like. When she came home, I was like, where's the homeless man that was, like, scrubbing my floors? And he's like, oh, BT Dubs, he's Santa Claus. I mean, I be- I'm beginning to believe that in the Winslow household, there are magical occurrences, like, <laughs> at least every couple of years at Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, the, yeah, the, the, mean- ho- the homeless guy turned out to be Santa this year? Okay, cool. Yeah, 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 whatever. We gotta get some breakfasts. Let's I mean, this, this is the second episode in which Santa has delivered a present yeah. to them. Hopefully, they'll be more trusting after this. It's like, and fool me the, once, well, shame yeah. on me. Fool me twice. Like, to be fair, it was I don't know. Most of them just take it in stride and are just yeah, very incurious about the whole thing. They believe right. in miracles and science. Yeah. It's not yeah, a big exactly. deal. Yeah. So before the ladies leave to get started on everybody else's breakfast. Steve brought the dog home. <gasps> Mr. Pooperton! I was legit worried. I'm like, what is that it? Did Steve leave that dog Seriously, to die in the dump? That's what it seemed like. And so Ryan, I'm 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 confident that from this point forward the Winslows will have Mr. Pooperton. <laughs> right? I mean He's part of the series now. He's like Santa's yeah. little helper. We're going to yeah, find exactly. out where he gets his name, and it's because he poops a ton. Well, oh. they, they bring the dog in and then they're like, oh, can he stay? And they're like, well, it's Christmas for him, too. And it's like, 
Everyone knows dog Jesus wasn't born the same day as human <laughs> Jesus, right? Yeah, duh. I think they're going to bring the dog in and then the dog's going to turn out to be like, <laughs> the, Easter the Easter bunny. Jinx. <laughs> I can't wait to see how Mr. Pooperton progresses and that he'll never go up that staircase to heaven. Right, right. So then for our closing credits, uh, we haven't we haven't had uh, Ray, Aunt Rachel sing yet because she's kind of out the door. So they decide to have everybody sing along. Yeah, I Yay. have so many things to say about this. One is I'm upset we didn't get our e-card this year. I know. Right? I wrote that down. No Christmas card this yeah, year. I need two things. They I need do, everybody do thank the singing. audience. I need the audience to be thanked, and I need to zoom it all in into an e-card. Exactly. Yeah, it's true. I want, like, a bad transfer of the image onto a bad need it. image of a card. Need it. Um, and then, <sighs> I think... The one that really stands out to me in my memory is, like, of watching a bunch of these together. And I think we missed it. I think it was in the Subway one that we skipped. But oh, Eddie no. does the uh, the end of the episode Christmas okay. soulful ballad one year. Hopefully it'll be in one we haven't watched yet. But I think we missed it. <laughs> oh, no. And that one really stood out to me. I was hoping for that. Because this one, they don't even try. They're just like, we wish you a Merry Christmas. No one's like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's weird because it starts off and it's just like the cast singing and then they like slowly fade in like a full choral backing to it mm-hmm. until by the end it's just it's this like lush we wish you a merry christmas and it's very clearly like not the cast singing anymore <laughs> Also, Walda gives us a heads up about the dangers of fireworks. Yeah, that, I don't know. I like bad jokes like that. <laughs> you never laugh like at my jokes, Ryan. <laughs> never. Well, because your jokes are so good. Uh, <laughs> Merry Christmas to me. Merry Christmas, David. I complimented you. And to all a good night. How do you think Milo the janitor is doing with his wings? <laughs> well, at least he can get into restaurants now, you know. He doesn't have to sit at the yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, exactly, you know. <laughs> he doesn't have to move to the back of the bus, I guess. How do you think he feels about the commercialization of Christmas? He likes it because he has the powers of TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess. That's true. That's true. All right. Well, that brings us Yay. to the end of our of our third Christmas episode. A uh, little little lighter on Urkel yeah. uh, this this time around. Much appreciated. Um, that was but, hard. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but still very very reminiscent of the other Christmas episodes that we watched. So, uh, yeah. Any um, any final thoughts from anybody? Um, I like yeah. I like how they directly uh, address the audience at the end, and Reginald Bell Johnson's kind of robotic. You know, he's like, from <laughs> all of us to all of you. <laughs> he's on like, autopilot. This is the sixties. <laughs> <laughs> what is funny is like clearly he's an actor who can memorize lines, but he delivers that like he's reading it off of a cue card. Yeah, he probably is. Yeah, yeah probably is. But you, you think he could do it without looking like he's reading it off of a cue mm. card? But uh, yeah. Yeah, he's amazing. I mean, I guess uh, my takeaway is that whenever I need to know the secret of Christmas, I look for some kind of clues 
inside these gentle walls. <laughs> and I'm tapping my heart, but it could also be like a butt thing. So. Do you guys want to, um, let's just do all seven of these Christmas <laughs> I definitely want this. This is selling me on more and more and more and more. You're getting on board? You're thinking about it? <laughs> Carol's thinking about it, you guys. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I might go back and watch the one we didn't, that fits between season two, or season four and I'm season six. You, you need to so know good. the canon. You guys had come around. Well, if we I can just, fit them in, if we want to do more recordings, we can. Uh, all, all I want to make sure, I just want to catalog how often they're given concrete evidence of the existence of Santa yet continue to refute his existence. Because I swear to God, it. if it happens one more time, I'm going to flip my computer over and just I want to. I want to catalog this case of Stockholm Syndrome that's developing. <laughs> Stockings home syndrome. Stockings home syndrome. Because of Christmas. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think every individual Winslow needs to learn about Santa directly. Mm-hmm. They just don't believe it. Laura's like, I met God. And they're like, you passed out huffing glue. I don't they're care. They're all in the room when these presents that no one <laughs> claims show up. They're all they're all evidence. Maybe they bought them themselves from eBay and pretended that they had an interesting friend. You know? Speaking of eBay, how, how do you think <laughs> the Santa who use the Winslows as proof that someone knew the true meaning of Christmas would feel if Carl turned around and sold that present on eBay. <laughs> he would cry a tear like the littering Indian commercial. <laughs> would he be like, I washed my balls in that kitchen sink. In that helmet. How they me. We don't know what he did with the helmet. Yeah. I think Carl fed and housed this guy for I don't even know how long he was there for. Possibly twelve a while. hours so. or three weeks. Yeah, yeah I feel like yeah. it could, could have been anywhere for twelve hours to I three weeks. It was, it was less than a day because I think the guy came in on Christmas Eve. And then he's oh, like, and then Urkel at the dump was yeah yeah mm-hmm. fair. Right. That's, that's that's. I just fair. realized if this is Chicago and it's Christmas Eve, the dump would have been like completely deep in snow. Well, yeah, I think we, I didn't get into that, because uh, it'd just be pedantic nonsense. But like, <laughs> when has no. that stopped you? That oh, should no. be the name of this show. <laughs> <laughs> no, because Urkel is getting bothered by a fly at the dump, and I'm like, it's oh, winter, yeah. it's snowing out, the flies are not a problem, you know? I was willing to give them the lack of snow, because, I mean, some t- like, Chicago doesn't, mm-hmm. they're not guaranteed a white Christmas every year, and... Um, I mean, we're further north than Chicago, and we don't have a white Christmas every year. I thought there year. was some snow at the dump, though. Was that wrong? Maybe I'm- it yeah, was like snowing, snow. which yeah, I yeah. appreciate. You know, the fake yeah. snow, but there wasn't snow on the ground. Yeah, there right. was but, not. So I was, wasn't sticking. I was willing to give them that, like the dump wasn't covered in snow. But that's a good point about the fly that that should not be. Uh, yeah, that's not that's not kosher. It's that's a, a good point about the fly. <laughs> <laughs> Well, David, if I wanted to hear more good points from you, where might I go to do that? I wish I knew, Austin. I wish I knew. <laughs> when you find out, you let yeah, us yeah. know. Well, if you want to hear terrible points, I'd be on Twitter at DrBits and at TheRealGentlemanOfLeisure.com. Uh, Ryan, how about you? I have a website. It's OhYesVeryNice.com, and that's my handle on Instagram and Twitter and all that stuff. I love whenever we ask Ryan that question, he sounds like wearied by having to get up. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I guess it just feels like we, we should always promote our stuff, but it seems I'm just have a weird attitude about self promotion. I think <laughs> it is it's annoying. 
Um, Carolyn, be annoying. Yeah, woo! Um, wait, uh, what is the... Yeah, that's fine. Okay, if you want to follow me <laughs> online, cut those parts, you can find me. I have a different podcast where we play a game I made called Pitch Please, where you have to make a screenplay in 30 seconds, and there's a podcast of it at Cranival Studios. Check it out on iTunes, Podbean, and Stitcher, like this, a very special episode. And I'm a cartoonist. I have a Patreon and a Twitter, and you can check those out. I'm Carolyn Main, and that's C-A-R-O-L-Y-N-M-A-I-N, like the street. Uh, as for me, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Austin Gorton, and you can read my writing at therealgentlemanofleisure.com. Uh, we are a very special episode. Our website is a very special episode podcast.com. We are available on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, Stitcher, and Spotify. Uh, check out our Facebook page or uh, follow us on Twitter at AVSE pod uh that is it next week we are back Woo! with uh a fourth and final family matters christmas or is it the final it's the dun. final family matters christmas <laughs> uh until then i am austin gorton and i am off to find someone to iron my underwear yeah. i thought you were gonna search for some dumpster porn shh david <laughs> i thought you were gonna watch me while i sleep <laughs> i'm just wondering which one of you is gonna make me breakfast that was a very special episode we dissected that shit from head to toe did the time fly by or was it slow got so many life lessons oh how we've grown seen so much tv that we're gonna explode next time on a very special episode so, so.